At this point, Late Night Live becomes Late Night Lima because we're going to peruse Peru. If seeing the Incan ruins of Machu Picchu is high on your bucket list, it certainly is on mine, I'm afraid we've got bad news. It's currently closed. This isn't because of COVID, but because Peru is in the throes of a political crisis and has been rocked by protests since December when the then president, Pedro Castillo, attempted a power grab that's been described, and I quote, as the most ill-planned coup d'etat in Latin American history. Now, for Peruvians, the effects of all this are far more serious than the closure of a tourism hotspot. To tell us more about what's going on, we're joined now by uh, Neil Giardino, an independent journo based in Lima. Uh, Neil, welcome to our little wireless program and forgive the banality of the first question, but what's the situation on the ground in Lima? Sure, thanks so much for having me. You know, um, seven weeks into this current political crisis, we are coming off of a very uh, violent weekend here in central Lima. Uh, We witnessed uh, fierce street battles you know, in front of one of the nation's highest courts, uh, the, these were uh, protests between anti, these are anti-government protesters and police um, protesters heaved, you know, rocks and, um, and were met with sort of a wall of tear gas munitions and rubber bullets. Um, you know, just a, just, a, just a brutal display of force out on the streets and, and a sort of repressive tactics by, by um, Peruvian armed forces here. So you know, the a, a the, mil- the military are out of the barracks. Yes, I mean you know we're seeing an escalation of this crisis, uh, a very robust muscular response, uh, crackdown against against protesters, um, not only in in Lima but uh, throughout the country. Um, unfortunately, on Saturday, a 55 year old protester was uh, uh, was killed by by riot police, uh, allegedly uh, from. Uh, head trauma caused by a, a, a tear gas munition. Meanwhile, dozens were, were injured, including uh, many police officers. Can we go back to the basics? I'd like you to introduce us to uh, Castillo and uh, who he is and how he came to be president. Sure. So up until um, July of 2021, Pedro Castillo was uh, a rural school teacher. Uh, he was a one-time union leader and a political unknown. Um, he comes from the rugged highlands of, of Cajamarca. This is a, a department in, in Peru's Andean North. He gained a bit of notoriety in 2017 after he led a, uh, a nationwide teacher's strike. Um, you know, he won victory in a in a very sort of uh, in a in a he won a narrow victory in a in a runoff election against his uh, far right challenger Keiko Fujimori. Uh, she's the uh, daughter of of the sort of disgraced uh, autocrat uh, Alberto Fujimori, who ruled in uh, in the 1990s. Um, but Pedro Castillo was a political unknown, you know. Um, he he won by around forty four thousand votes, and immediately after he uh, he took office, he was uh, you know claimed to be an illegitimate president. Uh, the far right had accused uh, had had, had uh, uh, launched accusations of voter fraud, which were uh, unproven. 
But, um, you know, it's important to note that Pedro Castillo was a, is a deeply unpopular president. Um, he, when we think about these firebrand leaders like Hugo Chavez or Fidel Castro, this is not a charismatic leader. Uh, this is a leader who seemed fairly disengaged from the day-to-day -day of governing. You know, most of his campaign promises were sort of stillborn from the very beginning. And he was very quickly racked by many, um, uh, around six um, criminal investigations, everything ranging from plagiarizing his master's thesis to being the ringleader of a, of a, of a criminal network that was receiving kickbacks from construction companies and such. So from being a voice for the marginalised people who would fight to end poverty, racism and inequality, a rapid fall from grace. Sure. I mean, it's important to note that Pedro Castillo, for millions of Peruvians in the highlands and in the Amazon region, uh, he was a, a he was he represented hope. Um, you know, after two centuries of governance in Lima, you know, uh, political leaders ruling with their back to the highlands and the Amazon, this was a, a person who vowed to finally affirm uh, the voices of millions of marginalized Peruvians. Unfortunately, he uh, was never able to be a voice for, for those people um, because of, as I mentioned, all of these political um, scandals that he was quickly mired in. This is uh, Late Night Lima, and I'm talking to Neil Giordino, who is in that uh, fraught city. Now, all this comes to a head on December the 7th, when uh, Castillo was about to be impeached. That's true. Um, so um, in the afternoon of December 7th, Pedro Castillo went live on national television, uh, his hands visibly shaking as he read from um, a, a document. Um, essentially, he in, announced his intention to dissolve Congress, to form an emergency decree government. Um, he asked all citizens bearing illegal firearms to report them to their nearest police precinct, and he ordered a national curfew. Um, so so he's, he's perpetrating a self-coup. That is correct. That's what a high court in Lima deemed. Um, he had no military backing. Uh, a high court deemed his move um, unconstitutional. He was impeached and arrested. Uh, as he was allegedly en route to the Mexican embassy where he was seeking political asylum. It's important to note that this all happened within, you know, you know, you know, just shy of an average work day. So this was a real whiplash for ordinary Peruvians who are very much accustomed to political turmoil. Neil, enter stage right or left. In fact, as it turns out, both the vice, uh, the vice president becomes president. That is correct. Dina Boluarte assumes power on December 7th. She, uh, like her predecessor, is a relative political unknown. She's a sort of um, rank-and-file attorney for uh, in, in, in the National ID Service here. Um, she takes power as sort of the nation sort of comes to terms with what has just happened. Obviously, eh, there was a mix of joy and rage out on the streets of Lima, all of those emotions quickly turned to become, uh, it became quite clear that, uh, you know, in these marginalized parts of Peru's highlands and in the Amazon region, uh, there was a lot of discontent uh, with, with what happened. 
And, um, you know, people quickly took to the streets and in cities and villages throughout the Andes. I'm fascinated by the new president because she has changed her political spots quite dramatically, which is what I was referring to when I say she enters stage right or stage left. Yeah, I mean, so what we're witnessing in Dina Boluarte is an increasingly isolated president. Uh, she's very unpopular. Uh, uh, around 76% of Peruvians disapprove of her. Um, you know, she's weak and isolated and, 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 and seemingly inching toward sort of an authoritarianism. She's aligned herself with her former far-right enemies in Congress, um, and she's... Uh, stuck very closely with the military uh, uh, and the police. Um, and her tactic at the moment seems to be criminalizing protesters um, and the protest movement. So, um, you know, she has said that she has no intention of staying in power, and she has uh, urged Congress repeatedly to press a uh, new elections for, for this year. Now, are these protests fundamentally about Castillo or are there deeper issues at play? You know, initially um, on December 7th and the, and the days and weeks that followed, this was uh, primarily about the liberation of Pedro Castillo. Um, in that time, you know, the protests have really shone, uh, shone a light on, on, on underlying uh, societal issues here in Peru you know, 70% of the population works in the informal economy. Uh, the, you know, COVID has exposed the shortcomings of their, um, of their, uh, their hospital system. Um, uh, you know, you know a, a per capita, Peru has witnessed the most deaths uh, worldwide uh, from COVID. And, and, and so essentially, uh, given this sort of repressive, brutal crackdown that we've seen from the Boluarte government, the the protest movement has largely pivoted to their chief demand, which is the resignation of Dina Boluarte. They want the dissolution of Congress as well. Around 89% of Peruvians uh, are uh, view the uh, the Congress as unfavorably, and they want to they want to rewrite the, uh, the 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 nation's constitution. This is a document that's written in in 1993 under the uh, dictatorship of Al Alberto Fujimori. Uh, it's considered by many to be a, a sort of a neoliberal document that that uh, sort of allows for multinational companies to come into Peru and sort of, um, you know, uh, plunder if you were to ask many of, of, of uh, the people out on the streets right now. So that's very popular right now uh, is the rewriting of the nation's constitution. Now, if an election was were to be held this year, what might happen, Neil? Because uh, there doesn't seem to be a clear sense of who might be elected. Yeah, I mean, we have, you know, nearly a dozen, uh, over a dozen political parties in Peru. You know, uh, there may be over 90 candidates. Uh, and so there's sort of a general sense of, 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 of chaos, uh, you know, uh, politically. We're re really at an impasse. You know, today um, Congress is convening to seek some sort of political consensus to move uh, elections to late this year. Um, that seems unlikely to happen, mainly because you have a very, very bitterly divided Congress. You know, I have parties on the far right and parties on the far left who are conditioning their, uh, their vote uh, to move elections forward. The far, the far left is demanding 
uh, a referendum to redraft the, the country's constitution. And the uh, far right is actually uh, conditioning their vote on, um, on a motion to withdraw uh, independent um, electoral authorities. So this is sort of a, we're in a worrying kind of territory right now well, uh, as, as you've written, there's the, the strong possibility that uh, Peru slides into authoritarianism. But on the flip side, could the crisis lead to greater recognition of the marginalised? Sure. I mean, one can hope. You know, around 69% of Peruvians are viewing a, a redrafting of the country's constitution favourably. I mean, this was, uh, we've seen this this number increased dramatically uh, uh, in the in the wake of this current political crisis. So, um, you know, I think for for millions of Peruvians in the Amazon and the Andes region, they are clinging to a hope that uh, this political impasse can be resolved first and foremost by President Dina Boluarte's resignation. Um, but secondly, by making structural changes to to uh, uh, to the country's constitution, um, and you know, time will tell uh, whether or not uh, we'll, we'll we'll be seeing that. So. I know this sounds an odd way to wind up, but uh, when do you think people will be able to go back to Machu Picchu? Well, you know. Peru's uh, agriculture sector, its mining and energy sectors, and its tourism sector have been all but paralyzed because of this political crisis. You know, we're seeing copper mines shuttered. Uh, we're seeing uh, oil pipelines in the Amazon sabotaged. Uh, we are seeing, you know, obviously the Incan ruins of Machu Picchu all but, uh, you know, closed to the public. Um, you know, you can you can guarantee that th that the government is is very much alarmed by the hemorrhaging of you know hundreds of millions of dollars since the onset of this crisis seven seven weeks ago. You know, international tourism has ground to a halt, and until we can uh, move forward beyond this political impasse, this gridlock Congress, and you know what have become. Every day, street battles in the streets between anti-government protesters and riot police. Until we can find an, a political solution, uh, we're going to see increased uh, in, in increased violence in, in escalating protests um, um, that, that could sort of continue to wreak havoc uh, on, this, on this nation right now. Neil, let's stay in touch and talk again as things progress. My guest has been Neil Giordino, an independent journalist, and you can read his most recent articles on El Jazeera. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.